Hello. 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 The Classic Guitar Rock Podcast starts right now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Ready to move us. Always thought I'd like to say something. There's no reason why you shouldn't have complete confidence in your chances to come out of this thing alive in one piece. From coast to coast, from border to border, from one end to the other, and all points in between, the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast is on. Yes! That's awesome! We crank up and break down the great guitar-driven rock of the 70s and 80s, and you are invited to come along. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it! And now your hosts, Jeremy and Jeff. One half teaspoon for fast, effective relief. It's time for the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. <laughs> it's episode two of the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. I'm Jeremy, and I'm on my own today. My partner, Jeff, is uh, feeling a little under the weather today, so we we wish him well and hope he gets well soon so he's back here uh, on the next episode. Today is our episode on the Classic Rock family tree, which begs the question, if a couple in West Virginia gets divorced, are they still brother and sister? Oh, <coughs> Sorry, that's just a joke. Just a joke. Hate mail, again, goes directly to Jeff. Attention, Jeff. Hate mail. Um, you can insert any other state, by the way. It doesn't have to be West Virginia. <laughs> so, again, today our, our episode is on the classic rock family tree. Uh, before we get into that, I did want to share just one little news item. Classic Rock Magazine, which is based in the UK, has posted their top 50 live albums the 50 greatest live albums ever. So I just wanted to go run through the top 10. And uh, I'd love to hear from you if, if you agree with this list. Is there anything missing? Now, I'm only going over the top 10. But I would I would send you to the Classic Rock Magazine uh, website to check out the list uh, of, of all 50. But they have coming in at number 10, the Allman Brothers Band at Fillmore East. Definitely a classic live album. No problems there. Uh, ACDC comes in at number nine. If you want blood, you've got it. Again, another great album. Number eight is Iron Maiden, Live After Death. Coming in at number seven. And here's where it gets interesting. At number seven, they have Slade. Slade Alive. And number six is Status Quo quo live now this is a british publication so those of us in the u.s i'm assuming when we see slade and status quo in the top 10 we're like huh 
Nothing against those bands, but neither of those bands were huge U.S. bands, especially Slade. Well, both of them, really. I mean, I think classic rock fans are aware of them. Most of us know Slade because Quiet Riot covered a few of their songs. But I just thought that was interesting. And and that just goes to show you that it's a little different over the pond than over here. So again, number seven, they have Slade with Slade Live. Number six, Status Quo with Quo Live. Then number five, again, this is something that will probably resonate more for those of us in North America. Number five is a great album, one of my favorites, Rush Exit Stage Left. As an aside, I would probably put Rush's All the World's a Stage in the top 10 also, but they didn't ask me, right? Number four, and I'll tell you right now, this is my number one. Number four, UFO Strangers in the Night. Phenomenal live album. If you have never heard this live album, you need to go out right now and get it. And what's really cool is the, the expanded, uh, you know, updated version is about twice as long. So you get twice the music on it uh, if you get the CD or stream it. But UFO Strangers in the Night, definitely an awesome album. It's my number one. Number three, again, a huge album, The Who, Live at Leeds. Number two is Thin Lizzy, Live and Dangerous, another excellent live album, definitely in my top five. And number one, now, I've seen this at the top of a number of lists. To me, it's a great album, but it it's not the number one live album. That is Deep Purple's Made in Japan. Definitely a great album. Number one in my book, eh, no, but probably in the top ten. A- again, a great album. And one of the bands we'll be talking about today. So, when we come back, as promised, let's dig in to this classic rock family tree. You're listening to the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. I'm Jeremy. You can reach us at our email address, classicguitarrock at mail.com. Classicguitarrock at mail, M-A-I-L dot com. And I would love to hear your thoughts either on the, uh, the top live albums we just discussed or this discussion we're about to have on the Classic Rock family tree. Shoot us an email. As I mentioned, my co-host and partner in crime, Jeff, is not with us today. He's not feeling well, so get well soon, Jeff. And let's hop in now to the discussion about Classic Rock's family tree. Now, this discussion has been discussed (laughs) over and over infinitum for years and years, right? In fact, in the early days of the internet, and this is late 90s, I can remember, uh, I don't know if it's still even there, 
but there was a website called the Black Sabbath Game. And it was basically a six degrees of separation approach, or some people have played this game called the Kevin Bacon game, right? Where you can, you can connect Kevin Bacon to any movie within six degrees. A similar approach that we're talking about here with, with classic rock. And I can remember back in the nineties and early two thousands, a parlor trick of mine, you know, to impress my nerdy friends was I would claim to be able to connect any two classic rock bands together. And more often than not, that was true. There were a few that, that I could not connect, but almost all of them you can connect. And so it all starts with two bands, really. And even these two bands are so connected that, that, that you could really start with just one of those bands, but there's an orbit around two bands. And before I tell you those two bands, if you don't already know, I want to go back even pre those two bands. And I want to just bring up this other little sub tree, other little trunk. Okay. <laughs> or I know let's picture this. If we've got our classic rock tree, this is a little, this is a, a little, it's split, right? This is a little trunk that shoots out of the bottom, right? But this little sub trunk is the yard birds. And so let very quickly, let's just talk about the Yardbirds. So the Yardbirds, uh, circa 1966, featured uh, Jimmy Page, Keith Ralph, uh, Jim McCarty, Chris Drea, oh, and a guy named Jeff Beck. And before those two, there was another cat named Eric Clapton, who was part of the Yardbirds. Now, Page, Beck, Clapton, all three considered, you know, one of the top five of great guitarists. So they will show up, obviously, in this in this tree. But I just want to set the foundation there uh, with the Yardbirds. In fact, after Clapton left, Clapton left once they started to have some commercial success. So when For Your Love and Over Under Sideways Down and and some of their hits started to happen, Clapton was like, eh, I, I, I want to play blues. And at that point, he left for John Mayall's Blues Breakers. And so that left you with Jimmy Page and Jeff Beck. And what's interesting is at various times, Either one of those guys was playing bass, which just, I don't know, seeing Jeff Beck or, or Jimmy Page play bass just seems kind of funny to me. But in the later 60s, one of the incarnations of the Yardbirds, which was called the New Yardbirds, okay? So Jimmy Page is still there, but he brings on these other no-name folks uh, by the name of John Bonham, Robert Plant, John Paul Jones... John Paul Jones was another well-known studio player, just like Jimmy Page was, but, but Bonham and, and Plant were kind of unknown. And, and they were, in fact, their first tour was supposedly booked as the New Yardbirds. Uh, but then somewhere along that process, they changed the name to Led Zeppelin and well, the rest is history. But the Yardbirds play a, an important part in this classic rock family tree. So let's talk about the two bands at the center of this classic rock family tree. That would be Deep Purple and Black Sabbath. And these two bands, with their various transmutations and offshoots, 
pretty much provide the backbone to classic rock, especially on the British side, right? On, on that side of the pond, but it connects with the U.S. as well. And, and we will break these down. We all know the classic Deep Purple Mark II lineup, right? That's, uh, that's, uh, Richie Blackmore, Ian Gillen, John Lord, Ian Pace, Roger Glover. Okay. And, and obviously Deep Purple existed before that lineup, but that's the classic lineup that we all think of. And the impetus or the nucleus of all of this is Richie Blackmore. Richie Blackmore, as we all know, left Deep Purple. Well, Ian Gillen left first and Roger Glover was canned by Blackmore. And then Blackmore brings in Glenn Hughes, a phenomenal singer and bass player and an unknown singer by the name of David Coverdale. And so that becomes the, you know, the California jam lineup of Deep Purple. And this was the lineup until about 75. And at, at that point, Blackmore leaves and he starts a little band called Richie Blackmore's Rainbow, which features the mighty, the powerful Ronnie James Dio from a band called Elf who had been opening for Deep Purple. And in fact, the first Rainbow album is basically Elf. They canned the guitar player from Elf and stuck Richie Blackmore in there. And then it became called Rainbow, Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. And that was a, uh, a great album. And here we see this revolving door now that really spreads out the roots, the brand. Well, I guess we're spreading out branches now, right? Uh, as you see the evolving rainbow lineup. Now on the second album, Rainbow Rising, Richie basically cleaned house. He got rid of everyone except Dio. Okay. And so he brings in Cozy Powell on drums, uh, on bass is Jimmy Bain and Tony Carey, kind of an unknown commodity at the time also on keyboards. Now, Cozy Powell and Jimmy Bain to a slightly lesser degree, but Cozy Powell especially is, he's one of these, um, uh, if, if we're going to use COVID terms, <laughs> Cozy Powell is one of these super spreaders, right? We will see him throughout the classic rock family tree. Okay. Again, Jimmy Bain to a lesser degree, but Cozy Powell has played with just about everyone. And so he's one of these guys that's very helpful in making these links. Tony Carey obviously played with Rainbow for a few albums, but he's the guy behind Planet P. And that's another little hidden gem from the 80s that you want to check out, the Plan Planet P Project. Uh, any of you that were watching MTV in the early days will remember the video for Why Me by Planet P. If you're a fan of Pink Floyd, uh, if you're a fan of Alan Parsons project, a kind of atmospheric, a lot of keyboards and stuff. You will love that Planet P project, the first Planet P project album. There are others too, but it's really that, that first one from, I think it's 83 when it came out. That's really good. You want to check that out, but he was in rainbow. Okay. So that's the, the lineup. And of course it changes over time because at some point, uh, Jimmy Bain is gone. And Bob Daisley 
comes in. Well, once we have Bob Daisley in there, well, that ties us into another band by way of Ozzy Osbourne. Bob Daisley, of course, played in the Blizzard of Oz, wrote all of Ozzy's good songs. And of course, once we've got Ozzy there, of course, that ties in Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath, again, similar to Rainbow, has several offshoots and tentacles spreading all over the classic rock forest. Cozy Powell played in Black Sabbath. Glenn Hughes, who was in one of the incarnations of Deep Purple, played in Black Sabbath for a while. Bev Bevan of ELO played in Black Sabbath. Ian Gillen, who was in Deep Purple, also played in Black Sabbath. Geezer Butler, who's in Black Sabbath, played with Ozzy Osbourne. So you see there are a lot of connections that go amongst and between and around Black Sabbath and Deep Purple. Okay? So what I want to do is is talk about some of these super spreaders. And when we talk about the super spreaders, you'll see how this is just really intertwined and kind of fascinating to follow these trails. So I already mentioned Cozy Powell. So let's take a little more time talking about Cozy Powell. Cozy Powell appeared in these bands. This is not including session work. Okay, so these are just bands that he was actually officially a member of. And you'll see he's related to many of the folks we've already mentioned. He And I'm not mentioning all the bands, right? He was in the Jeff Beck group. There's Jeff Beck. He had his own band, Cozy Powell, and then Cozy Powell's Hammer. He was in Rainbow. He played with Graham Bonnet and the Hooligans. Graham Bonnet's another super spreader we'll talk about in a minute. Michael Shanker group. White Snake, Emerson Lake and Powell, Black Sabbath, the Brian May Band, Peter Green Splinter Group, Ingve Malmsteen, Tipton, Intwistle and Powell, and the Snakes. Uh, he, he tragically passed away in 1998 in a, in a car wreck. Phenomenal drummer and a tremendous figure in this classic rock family tree. I mentioned Graham Bonnet. Let's talk about Graham Bonnet for a minute because you'll see the ties that he has also. And again, some familiar names that keep popping up. He started out in the 60s, late 60s, with a, a duo called the Marbles, who were kind of, uh, I don't know if discovered is the right word. They were produced by the Bee Gees. Okay, so the Bee Gees publishing company uh, worked with, with the Marbles. Uh, he had some solo success as this and, and really kind of a crooner R and B type guy. And then this guy named Richie Blackmore, when Dio decided to leave Rainbow, and there's a whole drama and history about that. Dio's into Dungeons and Dragons, right? He wants to sing about dragons and snakes and that kind of stuff. And Blackmore always wanted to be foreigner and he wanted pop songs. And Dio said, oh, sorry, see ya. I'm out of here. And Richie Blackmore says, hey, remember that guy? Remember the guy in the marbles that sang that great ballad, Only One Woman? What's he doing? Where's he at? Let's get him. Okay. It's kind of out from out of nowhere, right? So they contact this Graham Bonnet guy who was not into hard rock at all, wasn't familiar with Rainbow, and auditioned him. And they liked him. 
And he, he auditioned on the song Mistreated and just blew everyone away. So Graham Bonnet becomes the new singer. And there's a whole another story. Here's Graham Bonnet literally looks like James Dean got this pompadour and does not look like a hard rock singer at all. And I just imagine the rainbow fans when they see, <laughs> when they see Graham Bonnet come out on stage wearing his red slacks and Hawaiian shirt or whatever the heck he's wearing, but the guy could sing, right? And that kind of catapulted Graham Bonnet into the, into the hard rock orbit. He only did the one album with Rainbow, but that was enough to kind of give him a, 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 the cachet, the gravitas to become this classic rock guy. And so after Rainbow, he has another album called Line Up, which features John Lord. It features all kinds of people, again, from this Deep Purple Black Sabbath orbit. He does that album and then he uh, joins the Michael Shanker group. So now we're tied in with Michael Shanker, who comes from the Scorpions. And by the way, the drummer is Cozy Powell, who also left Rainbow to join uh, MSG with Graham Bonnet. That's short-lived. He only does the one album with Michael Shanker. And there's a whole story about why he's fired that involves uh, public indecency. <laughs> that's, that's a topic for another discussion or maybe never a discussion on this podcast. But that relationship with Shanker was, was terminated. And then Graham Bonnet pops up with a new band in 1983 called Alcatraz, which features a Swedish metal master who's about 18 years old named Ingve J. Malmsteen. And that first album, No Parole from Rock and Roll, should be in every, every rock fan's collection. It's phenomenal. Completely over the top. Malmsteen's over the top. Graham Bonnet's over the top. It's just a fun album. You need to have that. Well, then Ingve Malmsteen leaves to, to pursue his solo glory. And another young guitar player who had just left David or had just left Frank Zappa's band comes in. And his name is Steve Vai. And it's during this time frame that Steve Vai makes a cameo appearance in the Crossroads movie. The, the only good part of that movie is that scene uh, as he plays Jack Butler and they, and they're the cutting heads there. By the way, Steve Vai plays both parts. Okay. So Ralph Macchio isn't really playing those parts. So a little notoriety for Steve there. And it isn't long until Steve Vai then is whisked away from Graham Bonnet and Alcatraz and becomes the guitar player for the David Lee Roth band. Okay. And this is not the only one, but this is one of the main links to the U.S. Okay, this is where the classic rock family tree bridges the Atlantic and we're tied into the U.S. now. Okay, by way of, of Steve Vai, who was with Graham Bonnet and Alcatraz, and now we've got him in an all-American band, the David Lee Roth Band. So obviously, with the David Lee Roth connection, we're then tied into Van Halen. Van Halen ties us into Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar ties us into Montrose. And uh, in Montrose, Sammy Hagar played with Alan Fitz Fitzsimmons, 
who was in Night Ranger. Night Ranger ties you into Brad Gillis, who also ties you back into Ozzy Osbourne. So you see, it's all, all these connections are interwoven and intertwined. And, and that obviously has gotten us bridge the uh, gap to the U.S. By the way, Sammy Hagar also in HSAS with Neil Sean. So that pulls you in with Journey. Dean Castronovo, who was a drummer for Journey, that ties you in with Doug Aldrich and Jack Blades, who was in Night Ranger, you know, in, in the Revolution Saints. If you got Doug Aldrich, then there you're also tied in to Dio. Uh, you're tied back in with Glenn Hughes because Glenn Hughes has worked with uh, Doug Aldrich and Dead Daisies and I think another band. So you see how it gets all very convoluted. Um, a few other super spreaders that I want to talk about. One is Don Airy. Let's talk about Don Airy for a minute. Okay, Don Airy is currently the keyboard player in Deep Purple. Okay, but I want you to listen to this um, uh, uh, collage <laughs> of groups that he's played for. He played with Cozy Powell in Cozy Powell's Hammer. He played in Coliseum 2 uh, with Gary Moore. He's played with Gary Moore. Uh, he's played with Black Sabbath. He's was in Rainbow. Uh, he was in the Mike. He's played with the Michael Shanker group. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, gosh. Um, he has played with uh, Living Loud. Oh, that's another little tie-in. Played with Living Loud, which included Steve Morse, who's also in Deep Purple now. Steve Morse, also a member of Kansas. So there's another cross-the-pond connection tied in with uh, with Kansas there. But Don Airy, Don Airy has appeared. Now, these are just like bands he was in. He's appeared on hundreds of albums. He's, he's appeared on albums by uh, UFO. Of course, UFO, again, tied in with Michael Schenker and the Scorpions um, and one of the greatest bands of all time, for my money. Uh, he's played with Saxon. He's played with Judas Priest. He's played with Bruce Dickinson. He's played with uh, Wishbone Ash. I mean, this just goes on and on. The groups that Don Airy has played with Fastway. Okay, with you got Fastway, you're pulling in Fast Eddie Clark, which ties you into Motorhead. You see where I'm going with this? So he's another one of those that sends out many branches in this classic rock tree. Another thing I wanted to tie up with Graham Bonnet. I talked about Graham Bonnet earlier. Graham Bonnet played in a group called Blackthorn with Bob Kulick. Now, Bob Kulick and his brother Bruce Kulick are both associated with KISS. Bob was never a member of KISS. Bruce was. But there's a connection there also with KISS from, from Graham Bonnet. Uh, speaking of KISS, let's talk about another of these super spreaders, and this would be Eric Singer. So let's talk about Eric Singer for a minute. Eric Singer is a drummer, and he has been in KISS playing the role of the Catman since 1991, okay? He's been in KISS a long time. But Eric Singer has also played uh, in Black Sabbath. He's played with Gary Moore. 
He was in Badlands. Badlands, of course, featured Jakey Lee and Ray Gillen, who was also a member of Black Sabbath for a while. He's played with Alice Cooper. He played with Ronnie Montrose. Uh, and and this is this is not including his session stuff. So again, he's he's right in the thick of this classic rock family tree. He's a, he's another one that uh, sends out a lot of branches. Now let's talk about a few other members from the uh, you know the duo of of Deep Purple and Black Sabbath. Obviously, we've got Ozzy Osbourne. Okay, Ozzy Osbourne left Black Sabbath. And, you know, has surrounded himself with a lot of these musicians that we've we've already mentioned. One that I wanted to touch base on was Pete Way. Pete Way played, uh, was in Ozzy's band for a while and also was in the legendary UFO where he played alongside Michael Shanker. Uh, we've also already mentioned Brad Gillis. Brad Gillis was in Night Ranger and Brad Gillis uh, was in... Ozzy's band and played on the Speak of the Devil tour. So there's another link there. Rudy Sarzo. He's another one of these super spreaders. Rudy Sarzo played with Ozzy, played with Quiet Riot, played with White Snake, played with Dio, played with Blue Oyster Cult for a while, and is currently a member of the Guess Who? Uh, so he's another one of these guys. And, and I haven't even thought about the guess who, if you, once you tie in the guess who, well, that takes you back a generation into American rock and roll ties you into BTO. I just thought about that. So, uh, Rudy Sarzo, another one of these very fruitful super spreaders, Tommy Aldridge also played with Ozzy Osbourne. Okay. Tommy Aldridge played in the Pat Travers group. Guess who else played in the Pat Travers group? Nico McBrain played in the Pat Travers group. So that brings in the connection to Iron Maiden as well. Ian Gillen of Deep Purple. Uh, he obviously was in Deep Purple. Also had his own band, Gillen, who featured a lead guitar player named Bernie Torme. Bernie Torme was the first guitarist to replace uh, Randy Rhodes after his death. Uh, playing with Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, Ian Gillen also was in Black Sabbath. So again, there's another direct connection. Another super spreader I've mentioned but but didn't talk too much about is David Coverdale. Obviously, David Coverdale, after he left Deep Purple, started White Snake. White Snake featured John Lord on keyboards, featured Ian Pace on drums, for a while, Cozy Powell on drums for a while. And that also ties us in to John Sykes, who was a member of White Snake, then a member of Thin Lizzy. Uh, so we're tied into Thin Lizzy there. And oh, and by the way, in Thin Lizzy was also a guitar player named Gary Moore, who also comes up quite often in this family tree. I'm getting dizzy talking about this. I really am. <laughs> but you see the point of this classic rock family tree. It it really revolves around Deep Purple and Black Sabbath. And if you really take the time, you literally can connect almost every single classic rock band with every other classic rock 
band. There are some tough ones. The, the tough ones are the ones that were stable, the, the, that never broke up, that never had new members. For instance, Rush. Hard to tie Rush in. You can tie in, amazingly, the Beatles to this mess also in, in a couple different paths. One path is the Traveling Wilburys. Because in the Traveling Wilburys, who do we have? We have Tom Petty. It's another link to American American bands there. We've got Tom Petty. We've got Bob Dylan. We've got Roy Orbison. Oh, gosh, with Roy Orbison, you're way back to the 50s. You're tied into 50s stuff there. And we've also got Jeff Lynn of ELO. Well, remember, Bev Bevan, ELO's drummer, also a member of Black Sabbath. And because... Uh, Jeff Lynn was an ELO and was a traveling Wilbury. He's tied into George Harrison, who was a Beatle. Okay. And that's one of the connections to the Beatles. But again, you can take this as far as you want, but kind of a fun conversation to have, uh, impress your friends, how you can connect all these classic rock bands together. And really, it's kind of sad when you think about how nerdy I am that I get into this so much, but, but it is a lot of fun. Hey, if I miss some major trails, which I'm sure I did, I'm sure there's some people I didn't talk about, please let me know. Send us an email, classicguitarrock at mail.com. We'd love to talk about those further connections on an upcoming episode. Shoot us an email. We are, as of, as of the publication of episode two, we are now on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Pocket Cast. So we're on more and more platforms. Please follow or subscribe and please share with your fellow classic rock nerds who might enjoy it. And I want to wish my partner Jeff uh, get well soon. We'll see him on the next episode and we'll see you on the next episode of Classic Guitar Rock. Thanks. See you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share. You can email us at classicguitarrock at mail.com. We'll see you for the next episode of the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast.